Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Common ground for the first-time investor and the lifelong trader. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A year after New Year's Day passed without a rose parade due to the coronavirus pandemic, the floral spectacle celebrating the arrival of 2022 is set to proceed today, despite a new surge of infections in the area, but it will proceed just the same. Last night, New York City welcomed in the new year and bid good riddance to 2021. Out of about 1,500 spread out and massed up across Times Square, hugged and cheered as the giant ball dropped for Alexandra Vargas. It was magical. The confetti, the screaming, the yelling, the dancing, the singing, the vibe of everybody just anxious to be here. It was one of a lifetime thing. Erin Chapel says it was on her bucket list. My son said, you know what, you turned 50, let's go watch the ball drop. More on these stories at srnews.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex. I'm Staff Stewart. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And of I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud Force. to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Yes! Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for being with us today. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year. This is a special. This is a special hour or two-hour show that we're doing today. We do not plan. We do not plan 
um, to take calls because we, we are actually recording this and we probably will use this show a little bit more through the, through, uh, the, the month of January. I have some travel obligations, uh, in the middle of the month and, and a spe- I have a travel obligation and a speaking obligation that will keep me out of a studio, uh, for the most part for the first half of the month. But, uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to try to get something taped for next week anyway, uh, because We'll have the December jobs report and a job Saturday uh, opportunity coming up here next week uh, to talk about. So we'll do we'll do some of our normal stuff, but not us- not the usual stuff. And we were saying, you know, twelve years of doing the show, I've never done a top ten stories uh, episode, but here we are on a New Year's Day, and I thought it would be appropriate for us to sort of look back at the year it was. Uh, and say to ourselves, what were the top ten stories this year? So if you're just tuning in to, the, to this hour, the second hour of today's show, you missed the first hour, you want to go back to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and go back and hear the, hear the podcast later, you could do that. But I'll tell you just very briefly, we've, we've been doing the top ten and we've been counting it down, and I'll just give you the top the, the, from ten to five that we've just covered. Number ten, crypto. And the fact that it's kind of now broken into modern, into popular culture, I think in a way that it really hadn't pre-pandemic. And I don't even think it had in 2020. I think it's a 2021 story. In similar fashion, SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Corporations, or vehicles, SPAVs, SPVs, okay, where a private equity company raises a lot of capital and investment with the promise that they were going to buy some large company and take it public. That was number nine, okay, As, and, and really came to me when I was watching, uh, watching Goliath and seeing, seeing one of the characters uh, uh, chauffeured around in a Lucid uh, electric vehicle. The Lucid is the largest SPAC of 2021. Uh, number eight. Evergrande and the China real estate issues that are going on. Number seven, taxing unrealized capital gains. The worst economic idea of 2021 and actually a reprise of some bad ideas that were had back in the 70s and 80s. Okay, there's no bad idea that doesn't circle around about as often as uh, Haley's Comet. Number six, the regulatory drag caused in, in the federal government, particularly with the FDA and its 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 um, complete uh, bollocksing of such things as COVID tests, um, therapeutics. Um, they still don't have a reliable large-scale test of the efficacy of uh, protective, uh, protective equipment, uh, personal protective equipment, PPEs. We don't know whether we don't have a definitive study of whether masks work, and there's no doesn't appear to be any funding of one even to that extent. And then number five, the Suez Canal getting blocked by the Ever Given, the large boat that got stuck in the middle of, of, of the stuck in the middle of the canal that snarled maritime shipping for weeks thereafter. That was a huge story. So. Now we're doing the top four, and I'll try to get through these. I'm going to I'm keep an eye on my time to make sure we can get through all four. I could take it out. I know if you go back and listen to, the, to past shows, you will find I've done an hour on each of these at one time or another in, in 2021, uh, probably more than an hour, but there's at least an hour you'll find in each of these. Number four, the number four story, and I had to blend two together was the American Recovery Plan and the Build Back Better bill. Basically, the entire uh, fiscal policy of the Biden administration of 2021. And, And two aspects of this that we need to pay attention to. One, the American Recovery Plan, passed in March of 2021, which handed out checks to everybody for the third time for the third time in about 10 months. You had had a bunch of checks go out in April of 2020. You had a bunch more checks go out in January of 2021. 
and then along comes along comes a, a new administration and a new Congress, and the new Congress says, "Hey, I want to get on the act," so they send they send some money out. During the debate, one one notable voice, not the, not a lonely voice in the wilderness, but a surprising source insofar as he had been a Treasury Secretary for President Clinton, Larry Summers, came out and spoke rather forcefully to say, I think this fiscal policy plan, the American Recovery Plan, is a bad plan that could lead to higher inflation going forward. The rest of 2021 basically proves that Larry Summers was right. There is something to this. Now we're going to talk about more about inflation with our number three story coming up. And indeed, all of the stories of this hour have inflation wrapped within them as an effect, if not, but not a cause. I think in this particular case, one can make the argument, as Summers makes the argument, that the American Recovery Plan put too much money in in too many places and caused too many caused too many issues. It not only was inflationary, but it also, because it kept alive unemployment insurance at a time when, when the economy was beginning to expand at a fairly rapid rate and people were coming back to work, particularly in the goods-producing sectors, by extending bonus unemployment insurance payments of $300 a month all the way out to uh, initially to October and only through the intervention of Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia did they actually cut it back by four weeks to September 10th. That was not, that probably had an impact that plays into another one of our top four stories of this year. But wait, there's more. No sooner does the American Recovery Plan pass, Congress ramps up and says, great, now we need to do an infrastructure bill. And our infrastructure bill needs to be $6 trillion. Again, Larry Summers comes out and says, boy, that would really be inflationary if you did that. As we talked about in the last in the last hour, one part of the Build Back Better plan was the fact that in order to pass it through reconciliation, they needed to pay for it. And so one of the crazy ideas they came up with was, was our number seven story of the year, taxing unrealized capital gains as a way to pay for the bill. But one by one, by one by one, Various ideas for how to pay for Build Back Better were raised and then fell. And two things that happened that were kind of important. The infrastructure plan itself, the bipartisan infrastructure plan, was taken away from the rest of the bill. And it was and that part of the bill was negotiated between Republicans and Democrats in the Senate and passed and sent forward to the House, who immediately sat on it and said, well, we got to have all the other stuff, too, or else we won't pass it. Well, eventually, they passed that part. And so on top of the $2 trillion that came out of the American Recovery Plan, another $1.2 to $1.4 trillion comes in the Bipartisan Infrastructure Plan, or uh, I now call it BPIP. Um, so they had ARP and BPIP and then BBB. So we had all kinds of initials created. And then the rest of it, which was called by some people the human infrastructure bill, had gone from $4.5 trillion, which had been left over after the physical infrastructure parts that were in the bipartisan plan were pulled away and passed separately by the Senate. The House votes on the bipartisan plan eventually, and then takes the remainder and passes it and sends it forward to the House, to the Senate, where just within the last two weeks of 2021, in a 50-50 Senate, 
It only took one Democrat to kill it, and indeed, indeed, on a, on a Sunday morning talk show, same said Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia comes out and says, I can't vote for it. It's just not going to work for me. We have to let it go. And so it dies. It's gone. That's our number four story of 2021. And we'll come back and tie that all up for you right after this here. Listen to the King Banyan Show on the biz 1440. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Turn market volatility into opportunity today by investing with the big institutions, not against them. Many people are getting taken advantage of by Wall Street. Learn why their returns are so much better than the average novice 401k investor. Learn the skills to be a better steward of your own money. Call for a free in-center or virtual investing class today at 952-814-4410. Call Online Trading Academy at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex. I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member and of... And I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud Force. to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand? And it's all free. Visit My 3 Quotes online. That's My 3 Quotes. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Uh, best of economic stories of 2021, our top 10. And our number four, the American Recovery Plan, which passed. The Build Back Better bill, which is not just dead, it's and it's not pining for the fjords. Okay? It is no more. I'm telling you, in 2022, they're not going to pass this thing. I know they're going to tell you this, but but it is an X bill Okay? Expired and gone to meet its maker. Uh, bereft of life, he rest in peace. If he hadn't nailed him to the perch, he'd be pushing up the daisies. All right, and if you don't know what that skit's from, then I'll just leave it there at that. All right. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm not going to even explain it to you. You can, you can figure it out for yourself. But one aspect of, of the American Recovery Plan was certainly, certainly it helped stimulate demand 
which ended up causing some inflation, and this created huge problems for the Federal Reserve, which leads us to our number three story of 2021 in economics. The reappointment of Jay Powell to be chair of the Federal Reserve. Now, it was included all in, in all this, I probably would be the entirety of monetary policy. So remember, all the way back to the beginning of 2021, and actually in late in 2020, the Fed announced a new policy that we talked about here on the King Banyan Show quite often, which they called average inflation targeting, which meant we didn't really hit our 2% inflation target. We always missed it on the low side. So for a while, we're going to promise that we're going to miss it on the high side. So that on average, over some unspecified period of time, it'll be higher. And so a lot of people, including me here, the, the, the name of the show, the King Banyan Show, so me, King, were like, well, I don't know why you'd want to do that. Well, we want to maximize employment. I'm like, that really isn't the goal. The goal is full employment, right? No, no, no. It's maximize employment. And why would and what does that mean, Chairman Powell? What does it mean to maximize employment? Well, we have to make sure that unemployment we have to make sure employment is high for all different demographic groups. It has to be high for women, it has to be high for people of color, it has to be high for teenagers. It has, you know, it has to be high for the disabled and so forth. Like, those are all laudable goals, Chair Powell. Can the Fed really do that? Oh, no, no. There is evidence. There's evidence that if we really run the economy really, really hot for a while, well, you saw what happened back in 2018. We probably were running the economy hot in 2018, and those groups started to be more employed. To me, and I think I said this on the show, and if not, I probably should say it more loudly now. The Federal Reserve tried to take credit for a really great economy in 2018 and 2019 when, I'd argue, a combination of tax cuts and, you know, from, from, the Congress and, from, from the Congress and the Trump administration, along with the Trump administration's deregulatory plan in 2017, uh, which did reasonably well throughout all four years of his presidency probably had more to do with the hiring back of, uh, of uh, historically marginalized populations than uh, a quantitative easing or low interest rates. I don't think they had as much to do with it, but that's a relatively minor thing. People in Washington take credit for other people's accomplishments all the time. It's, it kind of goes without saying. But then the interest rate policies came forward. Me, the inflation rate started to come forward. In our first story, and we almost could have named this segment, the entire, this entire segment, the death of Team Transitory. Team Transitory lived a short but very, a very well-acclaimed life. Team Transitory said, Larry Summers, who we talked about in the previous segment, Larry Summers is wrong. All of this inflation is because we're just having all of these adjustment issues. And they would point to the things we've talked about in previous segments here. Like, like the ever given getting stuck in the Suez Canal. Like people, like the dumping of all these used cars into the market in 2020, having them sold off for very cheap. And then in 2021, when people wanted to buy used cars, the number one source of used cars, which had been the rental companies, who were always dumping, dumping with their one- and two-year-old fleets to get new fleets, well, they didn't buy new fleets in 2020. So there were no used cars being sold by them in 2021. Well, that's transitory. That's where the inflation's coming from. It's not going to last very long. This year, some monetary policy, which was built on transitory, bottlenecks, temporary factors. We expect these things to go away. These, supply, these issues with, with, with supply, these are all going to go away over time. In its last meeting of the year, finally the Fed, 
who would not quite fully admit that their analysis had been wrong all year long, said, well, I guess we're going to have to change. I guess we're going to have to make um, a change in policy. And so they began to signal that they would do so. But before that, what happened? We had the battle between Chairman Powell and Lael Brainerd, a governor of the Federal Reserve, for who would be the new chair of the Fed. Indeed, a number of seats at the Federal Reserve end up changing hands. We had two Federal Reserve Bank presidents step down under, under somewhat of a cloud of suspicion over the fact that they had, they had been trading stock while they were setting monetary policy. It wasn't clear they should do that. It's not clear they shouldn't do that, but they, but people started to talk about it, and particularly uh, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren started to talk about it. Um, we had Randy Quarles step away as a governor and vice chair of the Federal Reserve because there was concern about, about his actions in not being sufficiently regulatory of the banks in the minds of Senator Warren and others. And a lot of people talking like, you know, it might be a problem if we renominate uh, Powell because one, he was chosen by President Trump initially, and he might pull the pull the punch bowl away from a rapidly expanding economy before we want to, except for the fact that most, even most executive branches, most presidents of the United States don't want their they most most executives don't want their their central bank president. To be a, a a liberal passing out cash like it's like like it's uh, Halloween candy. The only place where that happens is Turkey, which is not on my list this year. Um, but you can see there was a lot a lot of handing out of money at that time. So so certainly Chair Powell Chair Powell was ended up being the more preferred person in place. Why not? Because. They thought he would do exactly what they wanted, but because they feared, I think, in the White House, that if they changed horses in the middle of the stream, they would all of a sudden be stuck, not with Chair Powell, but with Lael Brainerd and, and a greater lack of credibility on the inflation front. We don't know if, if Brainerd would have passed up... Uh, would have passed confirmation hearings in the Senate. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I kind of rather think. I kind of rather think she would. I think there have been enough people, and maybe even a couple Republican votes, which would have held their nose and said, uh, "Okay, we'll, we'll we'll take her. We don't want to fight over that." Okay, but it would have been touch and go. Uh, with Powell, even if uh, Senator Warren decides she doesn't want to vote for vote for Powell, I'm pretty sure they can find enough votes among the Republicans to, to confirm him. He, that will not be a problem whatsoever. I sincerely doubt that that's going to be a problem whatsoever. So he's been been uh, been renominated. His confirmation hearing is coming up very soon here in early January. They have to get that done because his term runs out at the end of the month at the end of this month, the end of January, so they have to they have to do that. But the question of for 2022 will be, what did 2021 cause inflationary expectations to rise way too fast relative to, relative to what had happened uh, in, in prior times so that the Fed is going to have to hit the brakes too fast, too hard? Is that going to be what happens in 2022? I think it's more likely than not that the Fed is going to speed up. It's already sped up once. It's tapering of quantitative easing. It's just a matter of whether or not they will, they will raise the uh, Fed funds rate at the same time they end quantitative easing or whether or not they're going to have a, a, a space between where they haven't raised rates, but they will have ended quantitative easing. That would happen in March of this coming year. I think right now the market believes that the Fed is going to raise rate, raise the Fed funds rate exactly the same time that they're going to in, they're going to um, they're going to end quantitative easing. That would be really remarkable. And now people are talking about three raises in 2022. 
They might be talking about four raises. The dramatic shift in monetary policy over the last, well, probably closer to 15 months, but accelerating in the last six months, I think is a huge story. And it would be amazing to you, amazing to me, that it's not overwhelmed by these other two stories. But I do think they're even bigger than that. We're going to tell you number two, and we'll hint at number one in the next segment coming up right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show, and you're probably having green onions too here on The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. I hope you'll all listen to this message. The world is quickly changing. You may hear people and entities urging you to make choices without real consideration, without all the information you need to make a wise decision. The Lord himself tells us to reason with him. He does not want us to blindly follow, but to think. Do not be deceived or subtly tempted like Eve was. The Lord would have you think, question, and challenge. We all want peace, truth, and life. This only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. As we face choices, I urge you again, think very carefully. Especially consider the one who has the power to destroy both body and soul. Even if there were a way for your physical life to be extended, we will all need to face death someday. I pray you will truly consider the decisions you make about your health. But much more importantly, consider the decision you make about your eternity. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We or United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Cal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex I'm Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air space and cyberspace and i am proud to be a member and of i'm the, proud to serve in the united and states and i am proud to protect our country proud to serve in the u.s air force reserve afreserve.com oh welcome back king bang show the biz 1440 special edition happy new year we're doing the top 10 economic stories of 2021 today um, and uh, sharing those with you. Uh, and we just finished with uh, basically uh, the Powell reappointment, which sort of sums up a year of monetary policy uh, and the uh, the rise and fall of team transitory. I, OK, and I think that should be that should be the title, the rise and fall of team transitory of that. Right. And somehow, somehow, uh, Jay Powell will will probably will continue even after Team Transitory, which he was clearly on the first string of Team Transitory. Um, he clearly will survive. Um, I have I, I I think he has a better chance of being here next fall than Kirk Cousins. Uh, 
Uh, but anyway, um, just saying. But the number two story of 2021 in economics, it was a real battle between number one and number two, was supply chains. Supply chains. How many times did you hear about supply chains in 2021? All the time, right? I know. Supply chains everywhere. We touched on some parts of this as we talked about the Ever Given, but frankly, the best pictures of all were the pictures of the ports at Long Beach and in Los Angeles, where you had stories and pictures week after week. You had presidents presidents and Congress people flying to the ports and talking to the people about why are the goods not coming to shore? You get pictures out into the ocean in which you saw you saw container ship after container ship after container ship. So bad was it that eventually the solution was to hide the ships over the horizon. They simply the the issue didn't go away. You can still follow, and I love the fact that you could follow what's happening at the two ports by following by following and becoming a fan of a Facebook page that had the best information you could get from the ports. That was their social media. It was a Facebook page. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. And what they did was say, well, they're... Those ships being so close to us, uh, that's bad for the air quality in our basin. So we're going to make those ships go over the horizon. All of a sudden, people with cameras couldn't get pictures of like 30 or 40 container ships out in the water waiting to get into the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles. But supply chains more generally became an issue. It wasn't just those two ports. They were there and people asking questions. Well, how do I how do I get goods here otherwise? Here's how crazy things were. You had big box retailers buying their own container ships so they could get goods from other parts of the world to their stores on time, only to discover they couldn't dock their ship. Or they couldn't get a truck to bring the container from the ship to their store or to their warehouse. Finding warehouse space became an issue. When, when COVID-19 outbreaks happened in China and, and, and the Chinese government reacted by closing those ports, you saw again massive increases in the prices of various, of, of various goods. That happened as well. And so what's the result of this? I think there have been two lessons that have been applied by many, many major businesses. And I still, and I believe, will be doing lots more talks about, so how do you react to this? First of all, I think everyone has begun to realize that their supply chain, their supply chain issues, their logistics policies and programs that their businesses were running ended up being too fragile for a world where pandemics are real and people had simply not appropriately figured out what was their exposure to risk from a pandemic. They may have figured out their finances, but they didn't figure out their logistical risk. And so many, many businesses, I think now are beginning to reconsider, do I really want to import goods all the way from Asia? to come here. And so when I looked at what was happening in China and said, I need to find another place to go where I could save another eight cents on a part for a hundred dollar item so I can get another eight cents of profit out of this thing. Um, moving your port, moving your supplier from China to say Vietnam or from the Philippines to Bangladesh may not have been the very best strategy you had available. So I do think you're seeing more people reconsider where they're getting their supply chains from. You will see more people choosing to reshore their suppliers back in the United States or 
to build redundancies, to have multiple suppliers? Big, big question. That's going to increase costs, and those businesses are going to have to choose whether, whether or not they can try to pass that increase in cost on in higher prices to their customers. In a world where we just have seen very expansionary monetary policy that we discussed in the previous segment, or very expansionary fiscal policies, as we discussed two segments ago. You may think to yourself, as a business owner, you can pass those, those increases along. I am not so sure about that. I am simply not so sure about whether or not you can pass those increases on. And I think it is the number one question for 2022. In my head, the number one question for 2022 is businesses that have enjoyed pricing power in 2021 to be able to increase the, you know, look at, look at grocery stores. You've got, you've got companies like Kellogg saying, we're going to increase the price of your breakfast cereals by 10, 20, 30 cents on the, on a $3, on a $3 box of cornflakes question will the customer pay it in a world where where there was lots of excess liquidity in a world where people were getting checks from the government through through cares act carissa act uh, uh, arp act money you know unemployment insurance policies yeah you probably could get that can you still get those increases i don't know i simply don't know Okay, so I think that's the number one question. The number two question is going to be whether or not the policies within the United States the re- the, that were very kind to building new companies, providing cheap energy, the regulatory system that was here uh, two years ago, whether those regulations will continue to be business-friendly in 21 and 22 They've been a little more business-friendly than I thought we'd expect with the change from the Trump administration to the Biden administration because the latter has been busy trying to figure out how to fight the pandemic, something a lesson that they're frankly still learning. But I don't know that they're going to be able to, to – I don't know that they'll continue to do that in 2022. And I think that's the issue. And that takes us, therefore, to the number one issue, which ties with that. And this is the number one issue of 2021. And you must know what it is by now. Labor shortages. Yeah. And why are the people cheering? Because work from home. Work from home is now a real thing. More and more people are getting to be able to work from home than ever before. People want to have more flexibility in their work arrangements. And we're seeing all kinds of signs that labor shortages are having on our economy, some of which some people believe are going to be good. If you're a person like me who can, who can pretty much do my entire job from a laptop at home or in some other secure space, fantastic. Work from home is great. But if you work, if you work as a healthcare worker in an emergency room or an intensive care unit, you don't get to work from a laptop. You've got to be there. Add to that the possibility that you might be required to be vaccinated when you, you are making a choice not to be vaccinated. And I'm not passing judgment on whether or not that's a terrible choice or a good choice. Your choice is your choice. But add that to it and these, these cares, and, and you have one aspect of the labor shortage problem. But that labor shortage problem, I think, is far greater than this. The, the issue of workforce shortages, I think, workforce shortages and labor shortages, I think, will be with us for a significant length of time. I do not think this issue goes away in 2022. Remember all the people that were caterwauling that, that all this would go away because unemployment insurance was making people stay home, and as soon as we get rid of that unemployment insurance, it's, it, everything will be better? Well, guess what? Bonus unemployment insurance ended 
in September of 2021. Have you seen any sign that labor shortages have decreased in the last three-plus months? Nope. Me neither. If anything, they seem to be getting worse. But what I'd like to talk to you about in this last segment coming up is, who are those people? Why are they out there? What is it that you might be able to do to get them back? What implications does that have for the economy going forward? We'll talk about this right after this. Happy New Year's Day. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Happy New Year to you. Thank you for listening today. Top 10 economic stories of 2021. Number 10, crypto. Number 9, SPACs. Number 8, Evergrande and China Real Estate. Number 7, taxing unrealized capital gains. Number 6, the FDA and regulatory drag. Number 5, the Suez Canal and the Ever Given. Number 4, Fiscal policy, as in the American Recovery Plan, Build Back Better, uh, and uh, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Plan. Number three, monetary policy and the reappointment of Jay Powell. Number two, supply chains and reshoring. And number one, labor shortages. Uh, Be sure to write to us and let me know what you think about that. You can find us through the website at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Let me tell you what... I don't feel like I have to say as much about labor shortages because we've talked about it so many times here in the show. 
But here's what I think this means. I was talking recently to a group of, of home builders and trying to talk to them about what this means for my house. If I was going to work from home, what would, my house, what would I want my house to look like? And they looked at me like, well, but you're, you're kind of, you told us before in the show, you're in your 60s. So, yeah, but you need to think about the fact. A lot of the people who say they're retired right now are this 55 to 64-year-old age group. Currently, they can probably afford to say that because their 401ks feel pretty plump. But if, an, if another recession were to happen and the stock market was to sell off 25 to 30%, would some of them rejoin the labor force? They might. So I do believe that there is a significant market for, for home building that focuses on places that have opportunities for home offices. We're spending more time at home. We want the house to be nicer. We want a nicer entertainment segment segment there as well. But my point is that half the people that are out of the labor force are saying they have retired. Have we seen a significant, and it's happening here in Minnesota as well as elsewhere in the country. I spend most of my time looking only at data for Minnesota. I don't spend a lot of time looking at national data. I spend my most time actually looking at data for the St. Cloud area where I live. Um, but, and in all three cases, it is that 55 up group, the group that feels more, more exposed to risk from COVID that is making the choice to step, get out of the labor force. So that means figuring out ways to do this. But there's two other aspects to this. One Businesses don't want their workers to be, are willing to be flexible and give their workers a day or two out of the workplace, but don't want them home all five days. And what's been interesting is I look at research on this done by a company called uh, 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 workfromhomeresearch.com, which is basically three economists, one of them at Stanford, um, and the other two I think are working full-time for this company. Workers don't want to be out full-time. They want to have the opportunity to be with people one day, two days, three days, a week. And maybe only come into work those three days. Now think about the gain in time those, those people have by not coming in all five days. That's some opportunities for, for uh, uh, additional productivity. Think about the fact that you will reorganize your, your work, the work schedule for them. But saying that, that also means we have to think about what happens for those group of individuals for whom work from home is not an option. I mentioned in the last segment, uh, healthcare workers. They can't do work from home in the way that you and I do. Retail, retail, is, retail isn't really a work from home kind of thing. It's more of a simple automation thing. Leisure and hospitality increasingly is going to be an automation thing. But there's a broad segment of the market where there's work from home, and there's a segment of the market where you pretty much really have to have some people in place. And it's partly a creative sector, but it's also a sector that provides manual services that have to be performed in person. And there's going to be such a different variety of work environments going forward. And this was the year in which people around the world discovered their work situations were being governed by, by old ways of doing things, which in many ways don't make sense. And you're going to see a lot of people making choices of where to work and where not to work. And here's the one based on whether or not they can work from home. And here's the one more thing that will happen as a result of that. In economics, we call this thing, we call this phenomenon compensating differentials. Research that's been done, and I, I, I will make sure that we get a, we'll, I'll make sure we get a tweet up to show you some of this research. Um, this research shows that, that workers are willing to make trade-offs between higher pay and the ability to work from home. That is to say, if you are a business owner and you're willing to let your workers work from home one day or two days a week, 
you may be able to make that offer instead of offering them an extra 5 or 10% on their wage to get them to continue to work for you and come to the office five days a week. Businesses are going to be encouraged to think about how to make that trade-off. But, but that's first-level thinking. Here's the second-level thinking. Suppose you are a worker in one of those other segments, like in nursing, where you're, you don't get the option to work from home. You have to come to the emergency room, or you have to come to intensive care, or you have to come to neonatal every day to do your job. You now look and say to yourself, wait a minute, I'm going to some place where I'm being exposed to greater, greater health risk, and I don't get an option to work from home, and I look over here, and here's this other job where I do get to work from home. I expect that in those places where you are expected to work from home, where, the, where working from home is not really an option, wages in those areas are going to have to rise faster to keep up with those work-from-home opportunities. This great resignation, the term of 2021, the great resignation, right? People quitting their jobs at ever and ever faster rates is not going to lead to everyone getting higher wages because in some cases, rather than higher wages, they're going to get more flexible hours, more flexibility in when they work and how they work. But for those that, for whom that flexibility can't be built in, their wages are going to rise faster. And I think that is the moment that we're about to come upon. And that's going to, and, and we're going to spend a lot of time thinking going forward about what's happening. For example, what's going to happen to the cost of health care in that situation, just to go down that road one step further? I think a topic for 2022 is going to be Healthcare is going to cost you a lot more than it did in the last two years. And sticker shock from that may be the inflation story of 2022, just as we've told the inflation story of goods, uh, goods in 2021, services, in particular health services, inflation, the story of 2022. Thank you so much for listening today. I want to wish you one more time a happy new year, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the King Banyan Show on the biz 1440 dr gawker here and i want to talk to you for a minute about the 100 percent drug-free relief factor we all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives and i have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that I can tell you fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking Relief Factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Every day. 
the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines.